there was a lot of things that went wrong. I wound up having a mental breakdown. I don't know if it was from the bipolar medication combined with the, like I had a very traumatic event happen with me and my, uh, my oldest kids with me just owning some stuff that I did when they were kids, you know, and just the mistakes that I made, I owned them and I apologized to them and I broke down with them and then it didn't go over well. Obviously they were, you know, 16 and 14. So they weren't in their teens. I didn't think it was going to go over well, but, I didn't expect the responses I got either. Right. My wife had been spending 10 years telling her side of the story and I, mm-hmm. my side of the story didn't match up and yeah. that's not how that works. So I, I broke down. I had a mental breakdown. Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the uncluttered office podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive, a strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hi, everyone. Catherine Avey, the attention coach and host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. I want to read very quickly one of the testimonials someone gave about the podcast. Thanks so much to Maya Acosta, who said, excited about this podcast, five stars. Very happy to discover this podcast on decluttering. I don't think I have ADHD, but I know that my surroundings need to be organized and many times decluttered in order for me to be productive and creative. This podcast covers all things decluttering. I signed up as I get started targeting various areas of my life. So today... We're really going to be kind of probably talking more about decluttering your mindset and all the things that come about with ADHD. And our guest is Shane Thrapp. I'm super excited. He is a certified ADHD life relationship and career coach. Through his business, Creating Order from Chaos, he has helped hundreds of people find their paths through the chaos of life with ADHD and find their order and purpose. He is a board member of the nationwide nonprofit inattentive ADHD coalition, runs the men's ADHD support group on Facebook, and is a public speaker who works to be a voice in advocacy for adult ADHD awareness. Welcome, Shane. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So excited. So you've been listening to my podcast for a while. You know that mostly I have women on. Whenever I get the chance to talk to men about ADHD and their experience of it, I love it because it's a very, very different perspective. And I think having read your bio, 
that you actually have inattentive ADHD. Am I right or wrong? Yes, I have inattentive ADHD. Okay, and I'm combined type, which anyone can tell when I talk for 10,000 miles per minute (laughs) with my 50 tabs open in my brain at any time. So how did you come to the world of ADHD and helping men with it? I was in a very abusive marriage, you know, that happens to us in my 20s. After I get out of that relationship, I started kind of just like trying to get my life together. I I didn't know I had ADHD. I just knew I was weird and different. That was my mindset at that point. And I had gotten to a point when I was 28 or so, 29, where I had just said, I'm going to accept who I am. Right. I'm just going to be who I am. Right. I'm tired of having to live up to these unrealistic standards that I can't keep up with. And if that makes me less than, I don't care anymore. And so I had built my dating profile around that kind of mindset that I was just, you know, I'm, this is who I am. You know, either accept me or you don't. Well, you know, we'll move along. And I met this woman. Uh, she was absolutely amazing. She was a special needs teacher. Mm. And when I met her, she was, talking to me about things and she just really got me and she understood me and we just like really connected while on this journey together about six months later, after we kind of started moving in together and everything like that, I got a call from my oldest son's teacher and you know, she was like, you know, Mr. Thrapp just wanted to give you a, a little heads up or, you know, we want to evaluate your son for ADHD. And I'm like, okay. And I have the same stigma that everybody else has about ADHD at this point, right? That's you know, this crazy little white kid kind of uh, syndrome. And my, my kids are mixed. And I was like, okay, well, that's all right, I guess, you know, what do you need for me? And, and she was like, well, we need you to understand that there's just a lot of things that, that he's going to need help with. And there needs to be some support and things like that put in place. I was like, okay, cool. And no problem. And then I sat here and I started thinking about it. And I was thinking about the stigma that my ex-wife had about ment- mental health. Mm. And I said, oh, she's not going to do that for him. All right. She's very much that just, you've got to power through that shit. Right. And I said, I got to be there for my son. Right. And, you know, we had been having problems. The divorce was super hard on my kids. There was a lot of just really bad antagonism between me and their mom. And it was just really tough, but I wanted to be there for them. I wanted to do what I could for them. So I started learning about ADHD. And as I'm learning about ADHD, it starts to become this hyper-focus. And I started studying everything. I started reading uh, different uh, works. You know, I started reading Dr. Ned Hallowell's work and Mm. Dr. William Dodson. And I started to start really kind of following all these different leaders in the ADHD community. And as I am, I'm starting because I'm going, oh my God. I think I have ADHD because like, it started like, like all of these different stories of my life started coming to me, all these different triggers from my memory about when I did a certain thing like this, or when I did a certain thing like this and, you know, the impulsivity issues and the, the hyperactive ways that I used to ask so many questions all the time. And I was always really curious about everything. And I was always very excited about things. Like I was so curious about things that to get me to stop asking him questions. My dad bought me Encyclopedia Britannica back whenever that was the thing you did. Right. So far you're describing my life. (laughs) (laughs) Just go look it up, please. (laughs) And so I, I was like, I was blown away. I, I remember one time I, I ran into the room where my wife was watching TV and I was like, I think I have ADHD. And she just kind of looked at me and she goes, 
are you serious? Yes, you have ADHD. And I'm like, when did you know? And she's like, when I read your dating profile. I'm like, okay, again, she's a special needs teacher. And I kind of just looked at her and I was like, why didn't you say something? She goes, I just thought you were like every other dude I knew and didn't care about your mental health. And I'm like, did you start dating me because I have ADHD? And she goes, I don't know how I'm supposed to answer that question because I feel like the answer is no, but the answer is not no. And I'm like, and I didn't know how to think about that, but I was like, wait, she accepted me. That's all that matters. Move right. on. And <laughs> that was the very start of it. I, I was a project manager for, and I'd been working as a contracted project manager, freelance project manager. I was you know, going from short contract to short contract because that's what people with ADHD need to do. <laughs> like right, bounce, bounce, bounce. But I was productive with it, right? I intentionally did that, you know, because I got tired of getting fired or getting burnt out. That was the other issue. Yeah, I knew we're going to get to the burnout. Yeah. And so I wanted to, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, this is great. And started studying ADHD. And as I'm studying ADHD, I'm sitting and going, all right, what are the next steps? And my wife is like, okay, yeah, get diagnosed. I was like, okay, cool. Because she was like, you need to get medicated. Okay. Am I broken? Right. That's the question we ask, right? It's like, if I need medication, does that mean I'm sick? She was like, no, 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 no. It's just, it'll help you. You know, it'll help you kind of focus a little bit better and be a little bit more, you know, get better control. Right. So I I went to the first psychiatrist that I I wanted to talk to and I talked to them and I said, you know, I, you know, I think I have ADHD and she laughed and she goes, adults don't have ADHD. Oh, great. Here we go. Yep. Yeah. Right. And, and, I was like, no, I'm fairly certain I do. And she was like, no, 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 no. And so she goes, we'll try on Welbutrin and, and get taken. And it sounds like you have depression. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Anyways, the depre- the Welbutrin actually wound up making me have manic episodes. So I was like, yep. okay, I, need a sec- I need a second By opinion. By the way, mm-hmm. likewise. All right. And so... <laughs> Yeah, and you didn't so know that prior to this. Stories, we right, didn't talk know. about all this prior to this, but so far we're tracking the same, except I took Wellbutrin right. long before I knew anything about ADHD, but that's okay. Keep going. Yeah, and then, I, so I was like, okay, I need a second opinion. Um, right. I, I tried to do the whole depression thing. That didn't work. I went to another doctor and I told him, and he was like, no, no, you're talking about having manic episodes. I'm like, Maybe you have bipolar disorder. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain Got it's ADHD. I've, <laughs> look, I've done a lot of studying and he, and he just looked at me as I'm a psychiatrist. I know what I'm talking about. And I said, mm-hmm. you know what? You're right. You're the professional. I will accede to this and we'll go from there. And started me on bipolar medications and they just completely floored me. The only one that really worked was a mood stabilizer. And we both right. know why a mood stabilizer works for somebody with ADHD considering emotional dysregulation. And By the way, I took a mood stabilizer too, and, <laughs> and it was great. I took, um, I've forgotten what it was called. It'll come to me, but I took one for years when I was still dealing with what was the correct diagnosis finally was depression caused by anxiety, mm-hmm. but underlying all that at the foundation was ADHD, but right. undiagnosed. Yes. So yeah. continue. I'm loving this. This is great. <laughs> In 2016, there was a lot of things that went wrong. I wound up having a mental breakdown. I don't know if it was from the bipolar medication combined with the, like, I had a very traumatic event happen with me and my, uh, my oldest kids with me just owning some stuff that I did when they were kids, you know, 
and just the mistakes that I made. I owned them and I apologized to them and I broke down with them and then it didn't go over well. Right. Obviously they were, you know, 16 and 14, so they weren't in their teens. I didn't think it was going to go over well, but I didn't expect the responses I got either. Right. My wife had been spending 10 years telling her side of the story and I, mm-hmm. my side of the story didn't match up and yeah. that's not how that works. So I, I broke down, I had a mental breakdown. And so the mental breakdown, you know, I went to a doctor and uh, I told him I, I fairly certain I have ADHD, please. Can you just test me for ADHD? Even if it's to rule it out. And as I'm talking to her, she's like, you know, she's like, yeah, okay. You know, and she got the little questionnaire out and as, and we're kind of going through it. And as we're going through it, I'm, you know, she's noticing things about me as well. And I, I see her reach over and she grabs another sheet of paper and she puts it underneath the ADHD thing. And she goes, all right, we're done with the ADHD questionnaire. I need to ask you another questionnaire. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm thinking she's wanting to confirm some stuff. So we go through another questionnaire and I'm like, that doesn't sound like ADHD. And one of the questions is like, do you have problems with uh, looking people in the eye? Mm-hmm. And I thought about, and I saw that one. And in my wife, again, my wife is a special needs teacher and she teaches high or like severe autism and other disabilities and so when she asked that question i said what are you asking me questions about and she goes i'm fairly certain you have autism as well right and i'm like no the fuck i don't (laughs) (laughs) at that point obviously not knowing that there's a whole scale and it's got lots of shades and varieties yes so we got done and she was laughing at me the entire time in a good way it was i i joke and she jokes and it was so it was a good camaraderie thing back and forth and when we got done she was i'm fairly certain you you have adhd but i also think you're high functioning autistic right um she says you're on the upper end of that spectrum and i said okay uh again you're the professional right right and so she she sent me to a specialist and they they went ahead and did all the testing and i got diagnosed with adhd inattentive and high functioning autism right so now my my hyper focus turns into inattentive adhd and high functioning autism and then i really saw some really amazing things in my life because i was going because she was really surprised that i was a project manager right but when the two powers combine (laughs) i love order i love having things in a you know, straight line. I love everything being organized and I don't like a lot of clutter. I know where everything's at on my desk. I don't want anything touched. I don't want to be touched when I don't want to be touched. I don't like looking people in the eye. It makes me feel very, very anxious. All of the different things that you, you deal with autism, but I also like had this hyper focus so that when I went into a new company, they were blown away because I could just learn everything about their company within a week. Right. Like, I mean, financial background, uh, cultural background, the whole nine yards. And they were like, right. how do you do that? I'm like, I've been studying you for 48 hours. Now I know. Right. And they're like, okay, what do we do next? And oh, here's your entire list of all the uh, improvements that I think you can make in your company to be better. And they're like, you're just you're supposed to be working on this one project i'm like cool i am also working on that here's this as well and i was really good at that and so it was just like those two things kind of combining but the other thing i found out in 2016 because my body was not happy with me anymore was that i had fibromyalgia and that was bad Because my fibromyalgia, which is a um, disorder from a nerve 
pain, very similar to arthritis in the various joints of your body and the different things that you, it's just like body wide pain. Mm. When I say pain, I don't mean like one and two, I mean, four and five and living with six on a daily basis. Right. It's not just your average little ache from. Right. I pulled the muscle too much when I was exercising. It's joint right. joint pain is, and I have some joint pain, which is not mm-hmm. related to fibromyalgia, but joint pain is so next level. It's just, it's really annoying. <laughs> it's just so yeah. annoying. So it's not like arthritis where it starts damaging the joints or anything. Like that. It's very right. much more in the ne- neurological Nerves, nervous right. system in and different things like that. And so what mine is, is in my shoulders and my hips and my left leg is there's severe neuropathy in my left leg. And, you know, so I was having a very hard time working at this point. Like the pain was so severe. Right. And as they wanted me to start taking medications for it, they started saying, well, you need to take Oxycontin or hydrocodone or something along those lines. And I said, no, I can't. Right. Yeah. And they were like, why can't you? I said, because I'm an addict. Yeah. I had a severe Oxycontin addiction when I was uh, 17, 18, 19 because of a back injury I had. Yeah. And they were like, oh, well, you know, let's try you on tramadol. And they tried a bunch of different medications and none of them worked. Wow. Because my fibromyalgia was stress induced. It was yeah. mental health induced. It was mental induced. And right. that's very hard to treat if you're not willing to put yourself into a stupor through those types of medications. Right. So, so I want to just like pause you for one sec, mm-hmm. if it's okay. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Go for it. Yes, I've heard you say a whole bunch of amazing stuff in your journey. And what I'm seeing and hopefully going to reflect back accurately, and if I'm not, you're going to correct me, is the moment when you tell your son's children, I don't know if they're son's children, you know, these things and you reveal this thing that is like a trauma. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this whole series that I'm doing, yours included, is about ADHD and burnout. And that burnout can come not only from the underlying ADHD, but then can also come from trauma. And then let's face it, fibromyalgia, it's really, I hate to use the word debilitating, but it is kind of debilitating. It is debilitating. That's the right, word so for it. I want to make yeah. sure I use the right words. I'm really, I'm very careful about words. And earlier I said scale and I meant spectrum. So I'm going to correct mm-hmm. that as well for anyone who's listening who is on the spectrum. I apologize that I said scale, but I meant spectrum. I lose words because I have ADHD. So as you're managing this and you're trying these different medications, I'm assuming here you're going to start talking possibly about some of the things you tried other than medication because it's like ADHD you know it's not just pills it's skills we end up needing to put things in place systems structures etc to be able to function whether or not and by the way I'm totally pro medication I have no issue even though I don't personally take ADHD medication I am totally pro medication so continue sorry <laughs> I just want to put that in there 
while I'm in this whole journey, I guess is the word, you know, I'm dealing with trying to figure out medication for ADHD. I'm trying to figure out how to treat my fibromyalgia. I'm still trying to work. Right. And I did that man thing, right? I'm going to tough through this. I'm going to force my way through this. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't pay attention to my body. I started doing exercising, which is a part of treating fibromyalgia. I started trying to really make sure I was taking care of self-care and resting on a daily basis and making sure that I was trying to really start focusing on ADHD. And ironically enough, fibromyalgia and ADHD, cognitive behavioral therapy is a part of that. Physical therapy is a part of that. And so I was really trying to do that stuff, but I was also still working and I was still working high stress project management positions. And eventually in 2018, when I was working for Cisco as a project manager for a a very large project, my body said, we're done. Yeah, we're good. You're going to have to take some time off. Right. And uh, that time off turned in a week off. And then it turned into another week off and it turned into another week off and then two weeks off. And then even though I started working from home, they gave me amazing accommodations. They really helped me out as much as they could. Cisco is a great company to work for. I will never, ever talk bad about them. And my boss absolutely understood everything about ADHD. In fact, he like specifically tried to hire people in who were neurodivergent as great. project management team. He just got it. Yeah. But in, eventually, October rolls around. My contract is uh, about to be up. And they say, okay, we're not going to renew your contract. Yeah. That sucks. And, and we get it. It sucks, yeah. but you get it. Yeah, and and that's the life of a contractor and freelancer. Like, if you can't be that dependable when the contract comes up, they're going to let you go. But, you know, and that's when I said, okay, I guess I don't have a choice in the matter. I'm going to have to, um, I'll file for disability because at this point, my body is just done. I'm I'm literally, I'm almost bedridden to this point. And back in 2016, 2018, 2018. Sorry, got my dates messed up. But then my wife sat here and she was so she was like, okay, we're going to get you better. We're going to get you better. No. And whatever that takes. And, and then in 2018, I had started getting back to being able to get around, being able to move around the house. And then the next thing I know, my wife, uh, for Christmas, she hands me a, I go in my office, I'm sitting down and there's a little, little package next to it. And I go to open it up and she's just standing there and she's got her video camera or she's got her phone on the video. And I'm like, what's that? And she's like, just go ahead and open your presents for Christmas. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And it's three pregnancy tests. And all three of them are positive. Wow. And I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> this it doesn't mean I'm pregnant three times. We'll start there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so and, and so she's like, you get to be a stay-at-home dad. This is perfect. You know, it's Aww. perfect timing. And of course I did the initial freak out, right? You know, that's I was happy. I was super happy, but I, I was so worried, right? Yeah, I get that. But a month later, we go to get an ultrasound, and when we do the ultrasound, we find out there's two of them, and we had been kind of just like, we had literally, just before the ultrasound was taken, had made the joke about, you know, what if there's twins? Da-da-da. Neither one of us have that in our family, by the way. Wow, interesting, because there's twins in mine, but I didn't have twins. Yeah, and my wife's exclamation had a lot of invectives and curse words involved, uh, because... <laughs> The doctor, she put the, she did the thing and she was, oh, that, that's very cool. And my, my wife is looking at the camera. She said, that looks really weird. There's two of them. And then curse words. 
And that was kind of like my turning point right there was because I knew there was going to be two of them. I really doubled down on doing the things I needed to do to really take care of my body. And, you know, that meant really getting into understanding not just ADHD and fibromyalgia, but like how to treat them, how to really treat them, what that meant. And, you know, luckily enough, I had found a good combination of medications that worked for me. I had really started really paying attention to the therapy. And so I just really started just trying, all right, I'm going to buckle down and start doing this. And as I'm going through it and I'm starting to get through it, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm journaling more. I'm doing the things that I needed to do. I'm able to start building habits and I'm able to start going through things. And then there was just this something missing, right? There was just something missing and I needed a purpose. Right. And as I started going through trying to figure that out, I, I found uh, life coaching. And as I found life coaching, I really started digging into it. And I, and I said, in ADHD impulsivity, I'm going to become an ADHD life coach. I didn't do that. <laughs> of course. Of course I did. And so like, I started going through it. And then like in uh, December 2019, my wife was like, hey, did you know that if you go ahead and form your business, we can get all your taxes claimed and right. everything? And I said, you're absolutely right. And so I formed my business within like three weeks. It was right. just, bam, knocked it out. Right, hyper focused to the win, and then so I've been an ADHD life coach since then. I, um, nice. I went up going through a special needs program through my wife's uh, school to kind of make sure I was doing what I needed to do to make sure I had an understanding of neurodivergence, and also got my life coaching uh, certification through I Life Coach Institute. Nice, amazing coach. Um, you know, I'm still part of that group, still part of that alumni. They're amazing. And then I found my way into the men's ADHD support group on Facebook. Right. It's the now I want to delve into that. Yeah. Because there's some big things happening with the men's ADHD support group. And like I said at the very beginning of all this, as a woman, I tend to be in the company of lots of women in the ADHD world. So I would love to delve in within whatever realms you feel you're comfortable with, because of course, you know, I'm sure less things happen in the support group. You know, it's like uh what was that movie? You know, what stays in, what happens in. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Well, that too. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. The first rule of, oh my uh, God. Fight was Club. Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club. Yeah. Hello. It's fun hanging out with me. So the first rule of Fight Club is, you know, what yeah. happens in Fight Club stays in Fight Club. But talk to us a little bit about Men's ADHD Support Group. What's new? What's happening? How's it all evolving? What are you excited about? Men's ADHD support group was created a few years ago by Mark Almodovar. He is a um, ADHD coach and public speaker and social media influencer and another gentleman named uh, John Hazelwood. They both kind of created it and they wanted to have this space for men to talk about the different ways ADHD affected their lives. And what we see in a lot of co-ed groups are men stating things about themselves, uh, something that they're doing and, and things of that nature. And it turns into a pretty rude storm in the comment section of people shaming them or being fairly rude to them especially if anything remotely related to abusive behavior or sensitive natures like because men don't want to talk about erectile dysfunction from stratera on a co-ed group no and so mark wanted to create a space for that and so he created the space 
What he also wanted to do was get away from the spam that other coaching groups have in them inherently where uh. coaches go in and they just, it's very predatory. And then there's other coaches and there's nothing wrong with this who have private groups where they charge a monthly fee for people to be able to go that. Right. And so Mark wanted to have a, a wide open space for people to be involved in, but he didn't want toxic masculinity to be in a part of it. And so mm. we have very strict rules about bigotry and misogynism and we want to be very inclusive of trans men and other people who are going through these different issues that men face with ADHD. And so he created and he started bringing on board a whole bunch of uh, different uh, ADHD coaches to kind of help run it with the understanding that we couldn't spam it ourselves. And so he brought yes. me on board. I was super, it was super like high. You know, I love this. I want to be a part of this. And he was like, yeah, come on. And he loved my energy. And, you know, we've, I've been working with him ever since in that group, you know, and nice. The more that I'm in, ironically enough, the more I'm in the group, the more I'm learning about how to work with people with ADHD and the different kind of spectrum that ADHD is on right. and, and how to work with inattentive, ADHD, you know, hyperactive, combined. Right. And we just recently, in the, the last month, we just decided the world needs this, mm -hmm. right? When we look at our, our demographics on our thing, right? We've got people in the UK, we've got people in Canada, Mexico, Wow, you know Australia, and you know different places in uh, Thailand and other things. It's not just here in the United States. And so we said, why don't we take this in person? Why don't mm. we create a nonprofit? And and Mark was like, what does that mean? And so I started breaking down the whole situation. He was like, let's do it. And of course, wow. ADHD impulsivity. Let's do this. And so, uh, so yeah, we're we're in the process of becoming a five hundred one c three nonprofit to provide a space for men in real life to build communities together and really start to work to change the narrative of what it means to be a man with ADHD and right. mental health issues and what it means to be a man. Mm. Because the idea is we live in a patriarchal society. If we can get men to start really understanding the need for support for mental health, then maybe we can really start making inroads into the healthcare system and the right. political spectrum and starting to get people to really understand how important mental health is and how important it is to accept neurodivergence and not mm. treat us like we currently are treated in our society. Yep. I hear you loud and clear. Incredible. So that's exciting stuff. What? I'm just watching the time. <laughs> which we with ADHD are not good about doing. So also I'm having a time blindness moment. What, uh, as we're, I, cause we are really kind of wrapping up. What is your sort of favorite productivity strategy or pointer? What helps you stay productive in your daily life? Honestly, it's journaling. Like that's a curse word, by the way, in the ADHD community. And I understand <laughs> that. I get it. I totally understand it. But journaling is so important. But we don't really, a lot of people with ADHD don't really understand journaling. Like, why? Right? Because remember, ADHD affects the who, what, when, where, why, and how of things for us, like the metacognition, the self awareness. And so when we don't know the why and, and we don't know the, the other things, the what, when, where, why, we don't know the how. And that's really hard. And it's really hard to explain mm. to people, like, hey, you have to journal. Well, what do I need to journal about? I don't know what to say to my journal. All right. Well, Start asking yourself questions, put in pre-made questions like, how are you doing today? That's really all you need, right? Yeah. In your morning and in the, in the evening, just like, how are you doing today? How did you do today? 
so I started doing that, you know, and that was that was when things started really kind of crystallizing for me because now I have something to look at whenever I go to my therapist. Right. You know, right? We go to the therapist and they're like, oh, hey, how's everything been going? Well, it's been great. No, it's not. Like I had an RSD moment like two weeks ago. I had imposter syndrome all throughout this week. I was dealing with no sleep. Right. My like I have all these different things, but they asked me how am I doing right now. And do you know? and do you know when you remember in your therapy session? And I've been through 20 years therapy. So trust me, I remember this well. Like five minutes before you're walking out the door. Oh, wait a minute, there was this thing. And you know, yeah. it's a 45 minute conversation that you're now gonna try to cram into the last five minutes. And and that's exactly right. Because when we we have ADHD, we have a memory based on trigger, right? The right. when when part of the the uh, the thing I said earlier, we don't have a linear memory where we can remember, right. you know, A, B, C, right? We have a memory, a, a, a wibbly wobbly timey wimey memory. So we smell something, hear something, see something, and it triggers a memory, and we right. think about that thing, and we feel about just like a, as we felt whenever that thing, because we never processed the feeling or the trauma. And so, having this journal though, and just having like a general note about what I was dealing with or what was going on, I started actually seeing a lot more productivity in my therapy sessions, mm. and I started being able to give my psychiatrist more feedback on how I was feeling about something, right. and that's how we discovered that there was an. Um, there was an interaction between one of the ADHD meds I was on and, and one of the pain meds that I was working on. Wow. And I started like this. So that's my big thing. And when I was really trying to figure out how to really make sure I stayed to it, I kept losing my journals mm. and I kept forgetting to write in them. And so I found this tool this very amazing tool that a lot of people with ADHD just really need to start understanding is really important and needs to become a part of your life. And that is an alarm clock and using <laughs> an alarm clock. Like everybody's like, well, you know, everybody else, else is in the world is like, of course, alarm clocks are all like, oh, yeah, you gotta no. get an alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, and I, yeah, and so the other thing I was having a problem with was a, you know, I kept losing my journals. And so what I, discovered on Amazon one day, just hyper-focusing, I found an alarm clock that can clip onto my journal and it can beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, cool, but I can also sit here and set it off because it has a, a tile on right, the back right. of it. And so I can find it with my phone. Oh, and so now I don't have an excuse. It starts beeping. It loses its mind. I'm like, where is that coming from? I pick up my journal. It's now in my hand. And guess what happens when we have ADHD and something's finally in our hands? Right. We actually do the thing. Right. And so <laughs> so here I am. I have no excuse. It goes off in the morning. It goes off in the evening. And now I can journal more consistently. The, the key is not to journal every day. The key is to do it as much as you can. Small steps as consistently as you're able to moving forward. And, and then you know what? Learning. You can write one sentence. It doesn't have to be a tome. It's not a Pulitzer Prize award-winning piece yeah. of literature. It's just for you. And here's the thing. The sentence can be, I have nothing to say today. Yep. And then our brains will kick in and it'll be flood of all the different things that we think about as we just wrote it down. Right. Oh, crap. No, there was this one thing, this one thing, this one thing. And then, right. you know, and then from there, it just became discovering how to keep notes and how to track it and how to send it to my therapist and how to send it to my psychiatrist, which means taking a picture of it, putting it in my Google drive folder, and then being able to email them that link and say, Hey, here's how I'm doing. That's and, perfect. 
that's my big tip and trick that I use. And I want to say something here because I said that's perfect. I'm a big believer that we each have our own systems and our own structures and our own best way for our brains. So your journal journey might be completely different than Shane's or mine. And guess what? That is fantastic and okay. How can people find you? They can find me at the, if they're men, they can find us at the men's ADHD support group. Uh, you can also find us at all of our social media is all men's ADHD support group. Right. And you can also find me at my personal website, www.creatingorderfromchaos.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shane. I will definitely put all those links, including the one for the timer in the show notes. I am so grateful for you for coming on. This has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed getting to know you and hear your story. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.